It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Hawks Postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere else but right here on Locked On. I am Tanitra Batiste your host, and this is Deshaun Tate alongside me. The Locked On Hawks postcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Now, Deshaun, what you're doing is what a victor does, and that is actually, no pun intended, by the way, Victor with Benyama, because the victor here would actually be the Hawks. They were looking to get back in the win column, playing the Spurs in San Antonio tonight, and they were able to eke out a win, 137 to 135. Now, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the and one, and, of course, we're going to talk about who got next. But first, got to get your take on the takeaway, the Tate's takeaway for the game tonight. And you said, do what you're supposed to do. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat, period. I'm going to start having to charge you, Tanitra, because you're living in my head rent-free. I was just getting ready to say I'm going to switch it up and call it Tate's Takeaway. How you knew that, I don't know. Um, But listen, nobody loves their wins necessarily like this one. As you can see, I'm still kind of like pouring like bullets of sweat, uh, just trying to make sure that, you know, this team found a way to add a number to the left side of the result column. Maybe not with as much confidence as some Hawks fans and Hawks Nation really wanted to and needed to against a team that's still learning how to win. I don't think that that really helped them, but we talked about some of those keys to the game mm-hmm. when we did the uh, basketball party and so forth and even previewed this game. Um, but that's what you have to do. You have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. When you're playing the Spurs, when you're playing the Wizards, when you're playing the Pistons, Hopefully we'll get back in that, you know, winning column against Charlotte again at some point. Those are the games that you have to win. Beat the teams mm-hmm. you're supposed to beat and do what you're supposed to do. They did that on tonight. That's why they're victorious. And moving forward, um, got some things still to work on, but so does all the rest of the 29. Well, that's fair. And that's fair because as we continue to say, and will continue to say, at least until we get maybe to the third of the season mark or maybe to the halfway mark, we're still only 18 games in ultimately. So that should give us a little bit of pause and a little bit of patience for what we're seeing out of this Hawks team. But I had a takeaway that's a little bit different. We don't normally talk about who is firing up this team from the sidelines or who's making a difference from the sidelines or who has that dog in them from the sidelines. But this time, Fire came from Quinn Snyder, and I absolutely was here for it. Like, there was one tweet that I saw from our girl Lauren Williams over at the AJC that said Quinn Snyder got teed up and he was trying to get a tech all night. You know what? That works for me because if you are fired up about what you're seeing on the court or what you don't see on the court or what you disagree with, I like it because that's the kind of fire that maybe if we see it in Quinn Snyder, it'll incite the rest of the team to say, you know what? That's my guy. I'm riding for him. I'm going off a cliff because he is in there fighting for each and every point. He's fighting, you know, he's he's challenging things. He's in there gutting it out, knowing that this might be a gutted out win. And I just really love that. So for me, that was my favorite part of this game because 
as Quinn Snyder goes and has the fire and has the edge, whether it comes out like on fire or sometimes it's like that smoldering heat that you'll get out of him in the post-game mm -hmm. press conference mm -hmm. that we will talk about in the and one. I really kind of just like the edge and the energy and the attitude that we got from the head coach tonight. Life is starting to get a little scary, Tanitra. I got the answer key right here, and I feel like you've been peeking at it because I was going to say the exact same thing <laughs> yet again that you just mentioned, talking about hoping that some of that vibe and that energy and that feel kind of rubs off onto this team, yes. uh, that fiery coach. And I know we don't have to, you know, one thing I don't want to get in the habit of doing, I'm going to do it right here, but I don't want to get in the habit of doing this is keep on making the comparisons to last year and the sure. differences between the coach and all that kind of stuff. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it in this instance because this is the polar opposite of everything that I think Nick McMillan was. Mm -hmm. I think you got to stand in ovation whenever he stood up for his team or went to bat for his team and kind of got angry or upset or had smoke coming through his nose. Um, that is what we're seeing out of Quinn Snyder. Uh, and so with that, you could tell that it's rubbed off. And when, you know, players are able to see that their coach is like that, they're all about doing that for their coach as well. A lot of times when there's instances where maybe the coach doesn't agree with a, a call and it looks like he wants to go after a ref or something like that, you know, those players kind of stand in the way and trying to hold him back and just kind of cool him off, chill out coach type of thing. Uh, so, and another thing I was going to mention this last little piece too, is that that's a big time win for this team based on the simple fact of this, maybe not the biggest win in the world, but teams like San Antonio this year is just a stopping point. You know, they're a pass through. So you get to the next city, but those are teams that are young they're hungry, they're eager, they're scrappy, they're willing to do any and every little thing that they can to be able to get a win. And the Atlanta Hawks know what that's like because it wasn't that that long ago that they were that team. Uh, I think, you know, the opposing team was a little bit more excited than they were to co go to the gentleman's club and eat chicken wings than they were to play a basketball game against right. the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can't, if you're... The, if you're the Hawks, you just can't be that team on tonight. You have to know that that's what San Antonio wants. And 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 at the end of the day, they made sure that if it happened, it wasn't going to happen to them. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think, too, when it's a scrappy team that has nothing to do but just improve, kind of test things out and kind of see mm -hmm. how things go, they don't really care what you came into the game thinking mm -hmm. of them. Because mm -hmm. right now, they're just trying to do them, right? So I was thinking it's very interesting because everybody was concerned about, ooh, what were they going to do with Victor Wimbanyama, right? And really and truly, he wasn't the, the problem. Where, where was the problem? Once again, it was in the front court, but not him. It was in that uh, space of forward, really, because they didn't really kind of sort of know. And I know we keep saying it, guys. I know you're going to get super duper tired of us, but until... Jalen Johnson comes back. <laughs> this show is going to keep talking about it or until mm -hmm. somebody shows us or somebody's show us that they can stop individuals in that three, four, four, five space, or they can provide some type of productivity on offense like he did. We're going to keep going back to this. So when you go to 10 and, and you know, I'm being very facetious when I say some random dude named Jeremy Sochan, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. 
Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious with that. But in all honesty, that's what bothered me about this game, too. So if I may, Deshaun, have like a 1A and then a 1B takeaway. Go for it. You know that what always frustrates me is that guy, that just some dude, random mm -hmm. dude. And the reason I call him random is because he was not Victor Wimbenyama, who mm -hmm. is who we thought. He was not Devin Vizel. Who's, who, although he did go off with 25 points. But I'm just saying, like, we thought it would be one of those two guys who would actually make the difference and give the Hawks fits. But isn't it always like that one guy where you're scratching your hair going, who the heck is he? And where did he come from? And how did he go 12 or 14 from the field, perfect from the three, and perfect from the free throw line? What the hell? Yeah, I feel like that's the San Antonio Spurs roster every year, I feel yes. like. After Tony Parker and Manu and Tim Duncan and some of those True. guys, but it was also a homecoming for DeJounte. And I want to work, work, you know, wake something up real quick uh, before we get ready to go to break because I know we're up against it. But we haven't been seeing a ton of games this year where it looks like that there was some equal balance, contribution, productivity yeah. between Trey and DeJounte on the floor at the same time. Tonight, Trey with a season high. Uh, and then, you, obviously, you had DeJounte playing well on both sides of the ball and especially on offense, able to match the energy between yes. one another. We talked about one thing at a time, developing and establishing that chemistry one game at a time while everybody else feels like the sky is falling. It does take time. Even if you have to use games like this against teams like this, as an example, you have to take advantage. And that's something that they did tonight. And I'm happy to see that this is just a step. Is everything perfect? No, of course not. But it's a step in the right direction to see these guys kind of coming together and able to, you know, have good performances on the same night. Yeah, that's a great call out because that is something that we talked about a couple of nights ago and honestly that we've been talking about a couple of games in. And so to see both of them have a 44 night from Trey Young, a 24 point night from Deshante Murray, that is actually one of the highlights and one of the positives, one of the things that I too was pleased with out of this game. And of course, we're going to talk more Hawks first in the AM1, but first I want to tell you guys a little bit about eBay. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So if we look at players who Josh kind of picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week, we can talk about a couple of guys. We can talk about Jaden Ivey. We can talk about Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, but let's talk about Sadiq Bey, who's one of the guys that he sneaky picked out that you need to be watching and maybe someone who you want to add to his lineup. Now, we never get tired of talking about the good of Al Horford, right? He may only play one game here, one game there, but you got to remember when there's a guy like a Kristaps Porzingis who's out or who is maybe not 100% you can always rely on Al Horford to step up and re be ready to give you the production. So watch out for possibly putting him into your lineup. And of course, we've been talking about this from a perspective of what the Hawks need out of the four position in the absence of a Jalen Johnson. Well, Sadiq Bey gave you a good game. He gave you five of eight from the field, 13 points, and three of four from three more importantly. So to see him having his stroke back from the perimeter 
is a good look and a pick that Josh likes. Also, Scoot Henderson, you know, it's going to be up and down, back and forth. He's a rookie for crying out loud. But ultimately speaking, if you can get some productivity out of him and he can get value and you can get value in the minutes, yeah, you might have some bad games in there, but the good games hopefully for you will outweigh the bad. So again, Josh Lloyd, he's our guy who helps you to win with your fantasy championships. And of course, eBay Motors knows how to help you win championship style as well because just like there's a player that fits your team ebay motors has something to fit your vehicle now i know i have a personal experience i can tell you about because a couple years ago the car before the one i have now had a need for brakes and i'm thinking brakes like that car wasn't old enough to need brakes but it needed brakes so i was able to get those brakes from ebay quickly easily and efficient well i say efficiently meaning i didn't have to pay a lot of money for it so for me, that was important, but you might need parts for your dream ride, or you might have a situation where you've got to get it quickly and you need to have it delivered to your mechanic. eBay is the way to go. 122 million parts. It's a lot of parts for your number one ride or die, or like me, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly because, hey, like I said, brake kits, but also things like LED headlights, roof rack bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And again, the prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is, of course, only available to U.S. customers, but eligible items only and exclusions do apply. All right, Deshaun, so if we take a deeper dive into this game, you might say this. Despite the fact that the Hawks were down by as many as 15 points, that might have had some people nail-biting and pacing the floor. For you, was there ever really a point in this game where you actually thought, oh, my, the Hawks might actually lose this thing? There was not. Um, <laughs> after I just told okay. you that I was sweating. Um, <laughs> But I, I, you know what? And, and and nobody likes their wins like this, right? They'll get them. They'll take them. You'll take them all day. Uh, right. But I don't think anybody actually likes Liked them it. this yeah. way. Um, not that I thought that they would get to a point that they would lose. I do understand the game was probably a lot closer than to some people's liking. Um, so not that I thought that they would actually lose the game. Um, but it did become a point in time in the game when I said, like, when are you just pretty much going to get it together? Like, we got to get to a certain point. I thought they were definitely playing way too well to lose the game, especially mm -hmm. considering the fact from a scoring standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, this was a, um, you know, Hawks team that out of nine players on the roster that played, seven of them scored in double digits. Yeah. Uh, I did wake like up it. the yeah. Make up the fact that, you know, they were able to do some things well on the defensive side. You start looking at steals. 14, you know, of, of all the, you know, points that the Hawks score and everybody loves that fact, the high volume octane offense and everything else, able to get 14 point, uh, 14 steals rather, 10 more than the opposing team. How about even on the side of turnovers where they were able to force um, uh, San Antonio into over, you know, 20 turnovers, which is mm -hmm. not something that's common from a uh coach uh, Popovich-led type of team. 
even scoring in the paint, I thought that was very helpful for mm -hmm. this team as well, um, where you have someone like a Victor Wimbenyama where, you know, all the length and, you know, measurements and everything else who can erase shots at the rim, challenge mm -hmm. shots, alter shots, all these different things, still able to find a way to outscore in the paint a guy who's, you know, well over seven feet tall. So, yeah. you know, all of those things, I think, made a difference. And um, I didn't have any real concerns, but I won't lie to you and tell you that there was a was not a point in time where I was like, all right, any minute now, you could just go ahead yeah. and just step on the go gas off. and right. and take it take it where it's supposed to go. Yeah, that's probably the answer I had to like. Oh, I know you are not about to drop this game to San Antonio any minute now, Hawks. When you want to go ahead and just step on their necks, go right ahead. And it was like, man, you literally waited until about forty seven minutes in to step on their necks and decide. Okay, I fine, know. we're not going on. Yeah, we're not going to, uh, not home rather, but Milwaukee. We're not going to Milwaukee with this L. But there were a couple of points that you made, one of which I wanted to just kind of shout out. And that is, like you said, to have seven players in double digits means that there were a couple of players that stepped up whom we had kind of wondered, well, well where is he? In the absence mm -hmm. of, you guessed it, Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. So for Onyeka Okongu to come through with 11 points and eight rebounds, I think was critical. And for him to somehow, some way, in spite of the fact that he had four personal fouls, be the guy who Quinn Snyder chose to put in in those last possessions and for him to actually be effective in those last possessions, I think that's huge because he's a guy where we were saying, hey, you, this is an opportunity for you to really, really step up and make your presence felt in JJ's absence. Sadiq Bey is another one who had yeah. a Sadiq Bey type of night. When I see three or four from three from Sadiq Bey and I see three steals from Sadiq Bey, I'm pleased. Because I say, okay, fine, that's what you were brought here for, right? That gives you at least enough where if you put together what Double O did, you put together what Bay did, and even I'll give him, because because of you, DeAndre Hunter with his 12 points, because he did go two of four for, although he did fall out, but he did at least go two of four from three, and he had six rebounds. So I've got to at least give that part of the stat line some credit. So while I do not like the fact that the Spurs went off for 135 points, the fact that the Hawks had 137, I at least want to dig in a little bit more and not just sit on, oh, wow, Trey had 45, you know, mm -hmm. almost dropped a 50-piece. I think there are a couple of other players whom we've been waiting to show up these last couple games since Jalen went down who are at least showed up a little bit more than we'd seen before. Now, if you didn't actually think they were going to lose, which obviously you did not, were you at all concerned that it came down to the wire against a 3-14 and 14 team? I mean, how the Hawks even let it get to that? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely was. I think some of that was, you know, we have different conversations about the slow starts, and I think Trey started out a little bit slow on tonight, and I think one of the last, you know, one or two games, he did the exact same thing. Um, and we know that that was something that they couldn't afford, let alone not being able to afford a, a loss on tonight. But um they started out maybe – I don't think their issue was about starting out fast or not this time. I think it was just about slowing down San Antonio. Yeah. They knew if they had a chance in this game that they were going to have to come out and strike first, probably punch Atlanta in the mouth so hard that it put Atlanta into shock mode. And that's honestly, to a degree, kind of feels like that's what happened. 
and and that kind of carried over into you know halftime I think in the second half the probably the biggest difference maker although San Antonio still played Mm -hmm. relatively well was being able to contain Victor Wimbenyama a lot more than they were able to in the first half and get going and that's where you also got to credit guys like Clint Capella who is essentially again Mm-hmm. Not trying to discredit other guys like Sadiq Bay and some, you know, Yeko Kangu who played solid. But again, Clint Capella doing what Clint Capella typically always does. And there's 24 games in his career that he's played against San Antonio. He's had a double-double in over half of those games. I think in 15 of those games, uh, that's the most that, you know, he has uh, averaged uh it's from from a consistency and a persistency standpoint than against any other team in the nba so yeah definitely want to give clint his flowers because the way he plays the game it looks very unorthodox mm-hmm. it's not the greatest looking thing out there that you've ever seen especially on right. the offensive side uh-huh. but he's gonna but, but he's definitely gonna give forth 110 percent effort and as much as this team relies on him on the defensive side and just being an anchor in that department you got to give him his flowers especially against a guy who he's given up a whole foot to yeah 12 points nine rebounds is is nothing to sneeze at especially like you said because it doesn't probably tell the entire story of clint capella having some meaningful defensive stances in this game at critical points. And I think to your point as well, being able to essentially hold those Spurs to 30 points in that fourth quarter was critical because they held them to 31. And then the uptick was obviously in the third quarter, them going off for 39 points, but for the Hawks to regroup and get them down to a 30 point fourth quarter was critical as well. Now I'm actually going to hold some trade combo for who got next, because I think, I don't want to rush that conversation, right? So I'd rather give him his flowers in his own segment if that's what it takes. But I want to talk about the rest of the team and their defense before we wrap up our and one combo because Quinn Snyder made a comment post-game presser following the Hawks' loss to the Cavs. And basically he said that their pick-and-roll defense couldn't get stopped and they kept creating easy buckets. That's why Donovan Mitchell was out there dropping a 40-piece on him. However, how was the Hawks' D tonight able to – just enough shut down that pick and roll to get this win i thought it was better um obviously there's going to be some room for improvement mm-hmm. um it's situational because different teams are going to come with different looks and how they set up that pick and roll a lot of mm-hmm. backdoor cuts on tonight as well you know high lobs over the top overhead passes you know finding a guy that's deep down into the um you know, under the basket and whatever, what have you, and got to find some ways to rotate amongst other things. But I mean, listen, when, when you're in a situation where, you know, that other team is just playing, you know, high IQ, again, coach pop led teams. I don't care if you put, you know, uh, five roaches out there in Spurs uniforms, they're going to (laughs) be able to be disciplined enough uh, based off of who the guy is on the sidelines wearing yeah. the suit and the tie. Uh, so uh, considering all things, they're all professionals also at the end of the day. I thought the Hawks did a more improved job, but still got a little ways to go, which I think is perfectly fine because, again, there's nobody in this league that's going to be able to say that they've got it all figured out by this time. I think the Hawks are in good shape. Indeed. And we'll talk more defense, particularly specifically about Trey Young's D 
Yep, I said it, Trey Young's defense. When we come back in a minute with who got next, but first I want to tell you guys a little bit about FanDuel. So guys, FanDuel is something that you might want to consider giving some energy to and some attention to because, hey, weather's colder. I think it was like 27 degrees a couple days ago. And that means other than if you're Deshaun and you're from up top, you really don't know what to do with this weather, but stay in your house. So if you are like the rest of us and you truly don't know what to do, that's where FanDuel comes in because it's a great time for you to pick up FanDuel and see what it can do for you. Now, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. Only if your team wins, though. If you've been thinking about FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. It is such an easy app to use. And if you're like me, you love an, a user-friendly app because you don't have time to sit around and try to figure things out all the time and scratching your head and trying to decide how to do things. Not with FanDuel. Spreads? Check. Player props, check. Over-unders, checks. And even more, a wide range of betting options just for you. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season right, at least the back half of the season. Now, FanDuel, it's your official partner of the NFL, so why not go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn because, hey, 150 bucks is out there for you if your team wins. So Quinn Snyder said after tonight's game against the Spurs, quote, let's go ahead and change the narrative right now. Trey Young taking a charge at the end of a game. It's a big time play. Hell of a play by Trey. Now, Deshaun, yeah, Trey dropped 45 points, dished 14 dimes to go with two steals. But I think his defensive play may be low-key the best thing that he did all night. And it's really been low-key the best thing that he's been doing this entire season as it continues to build. So I have to agree with what Quinn Snyder said. Hell of a play by Trey at the end of the game. What's funny to Nitra is there's going to be a lot of people that when, you know, outside of the Atlanta market, that when Atlanta basketball is brought up, and especially as it relates to some of these things, when it goes into the conversation about defense. Yeah. Those who don't watch the Hawks this year is going to make it very, very clear because one of the first things that they're going to point at is Trey Young's inability to play defense. I have made it very, very clear and been beating this drum all season long so far, advocating that the development, that is yes. he great at it? Absolutely not. Nobody's right. saying great, but I think leaps and bounds. He has definitely taken some steps, noticeable steps in the right direction. Some people mm -hmm. might feel like, you know, well, considering where he was at before, that's not saying a whole lot, but we got to give the credits and the flowers where it's deserved. Yeah. It's not just on the offensive end, standing in there, taking a charge, standing in between the gaps on the passing lanes, getting some steals for layups. And some of them have just been guys playing with the basketball in front of his face and he stole it away and then, you know, found his way towards the other side. I think earlier tonight there was an inbounds play and he stepped yeah. in and, and found a way to uh, try and get a jump shot, although he missed it on, on the mid-range somewhere around the baseline. That mm -hmm. doesn't happen if you're not aware. That's awareness. Yes. That's effort. Mm -hmm. uh, amongst so many other things. So I definitely think, you know, this is the Trey Young that everybody was raving about how much they really needed to see him step up as a defender mm -hmm. and, 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 and one of his biggest, biggest weaknesses in his game. 
and he's found a way to um to take some steps in the right direction so i want to make sure that he gets his credit for that because it doesn't get talked about nearly as much right and i think that we've talked about each player in whatever area it is we'll say onyeka okongwu minimize the personal fouls don't foul out right well Mm. we might say right (laughs) and we might say sadiq bay you came in here to be one of the assassins that in most instances would need to come off the bench and give some perimeter shooting, but now is expected to be in the starting rotation doing the same. Well, let's put Trey Young in that category. One of the things that he was expected to do was to at least evolve in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form his defensive game. Just Mm -hmm. bring something to the table that takes a little bit of that load off of DeJounte Murray. So think about this. Think about if you're 18 games in and you're having this type of conversation of encouragement. We should know. We've watched him from day one. So we know what it looked like in, in his rookie season to now. If this is what we're getting and he's getting that type of applause from a guy like Quinn Snyder, encouragement, if you will, to say, hey, yeah, that that charge you took hell of a play. I mean, that's very, to me, that can be motivational. That That's telling me as a, I know if I'm Trey, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going in the right direction. There are things that he pointed out, subtle things that maybe I didn't see in my court vision because I've got like amazing court vision offensively, but maybe my defensive vision was suspect until now. So yeah, I think it's one of those where we have to give credit where credit's due because It's not just about effort like, oh, yeah, Trey tried, you know, he did his best on defense. No, it's about being very thoughtful and picking his places where he knows, oh, okay, I recognize that. You know, we we talked about this during training camp. We did drills on this. I've been watching film on this. So now I know how to get in a lane so that a guy doesn't have a clear path to get to the basket. I know when I'm seeing an inbound pass, that inbound pass, I can intercept that. Or I know when I can get a steal and take that back. And like you said, maybe that mid-range jumper didn't go down or maybe that floater won't go down or or maybe that three won't go down. But the point is, it's how he's now using his vision, that same vision he had on offense that we say is brilliant. Now we're starting to see him use some of that vision and that basketball IQ, Deshaun. You know how much I can't stand having a conversation saying, what the hell? Where's your basketball IQ? Mm -hmm. I'm starting to see defensive basketball IQ and for a Hawks fan that should be something that should make you very excited and hey Hawks fans if you are watching right now let us know your thoughts we're not asking you to weigh in and tell us that you think that Trey played like a defensive genius or he's threatening Clint Capella in his role as Mm -hmm. you know the the defense the uh, rim protector if you will but what we're saying is are you seeing even some incremental movement from what we saw out of Trey Young last year. If the answer, guys, is yes, weigh in and let us know. But if the answer is yes, then you need to be encouraged despite of what you saw in the final number of 137 to 135. No, I agree with you on that, Tanitra, and just being the cerebral player um, that he is. And I, I don't forget about those days that a lot of people were talking about the defense is bad and this type of play doesn't equate into winning basketball and mm-hmm. ship them out of town and coach killer and so many other different things. You know, I right. remember very much so uh, of, of, of those days. And I also remember what this team looked like prior to Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those things being considered, life is just about development. None yeah. of us 
you know, grew the same way or took the same road or traveled the same distance or whatever, what have you to get to this point, mm-hmm. everybody develops in different timing. And that's how it is in the NBA and within people's, you know, our bodies even develop different. Hell, yeah. Tanitra, I was in the seventh grade and there was a guy that had a full beard like mine is currently. And his was way more for it, full than mine is. And I'm almost 40 years old. <laughs> this was seventh grade. People are de- developing differently. You know, bodies are developing differently. Game is developing differently. Maturity develops differently. It takes time for a little bit of everybody. So I'm good to see that he has come a long way. And not only that, while still having a nice little way still yet to go, the rest of the players around him can develop within themselves as well and hopefully bring Atlanta what has been wanting for such a long time. Indeed, indeed. And speaking of that, the Hawks, I'm sure, and Atlanta, I'm sure, wants to see the Hawks wrap up this road trip, this five-game road trip on a winning note. And it's doable. It's doable because they had a nice 127-110 to 110 win over Milwaukee back on October 29th in Milwaukee. So if they win this game, they win the season series because they're only playing each other three times this year. What are the keys to the Hawks coming back home on a winning note and getting this win against the Bucks on Saturday? I think first thing first, putting up the obvious one, the elephant in the room that everybody always talks about is, yep, we know what it's time for. Time to bring in Double O. Put Oyeko yep. Kangu on, on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Exactly. Bring that that's, kryptonite. <laughs> that's just for starters within itself. Um, yeah. And then just continue to play confident basketball. Again, we can break down so many different things in terms of schemes and systems and so many. Some stuff is just about being confident. I think even at least this, again, this is just the vibe I get. Although Atlanta has walked away with, you know, maybe what where are you at? 500 record now at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of the games that have taken place and transpired have resulted in losses, but I never really felt like that broke their hearts to a yeah. degree. You know, I never felt like those games took their souls. I feel like they still walked into the, you know, they had a very um, you know, short-term memory mm-hmm. and walked into the next game and wanted to win. Tried to win, expected to win, but wasn't willing to let that last one break them in their confidence. And I think that that's something that they have to focus on doing. Because guess what? This next team, this next team is not going to be the San Antonio Spurs. This is one of the teams that's at the top and have high expectations to winning a championship. And they know that this team could be potentially standing in their way, but it's just a good matchup. Styles make fights, but just continue to be a confident team. Boxing out, rebounds, keep the turnover margin low the same way you did on tonight. And uh, just take, you know, everything one game at a time. I'll say this last thing. Mm -hmm. In this game against San Antonio that we saw tonight, the one thing that they did was they just kept fighting. They kept playing even when they were done. That's one of the reasons why I felt like they were never going to lose this game because I know what they were capable of. They've been in worse situations before. You have that mentality. You take it into one of the coldest places in America, like Milwaukee. I think you'll be just fine and have a good chance coming away with a win based off of the style making the fight. Yeah, and one thing's for certain. Yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo had 26 points in that game. But for Giannis to just have 26 points, and yes, I said just have 26 points, that's because when Onyeka Okongwu was in the game, he had a plus five. And his 14 points and his seven rebounds, they were they loomed very, very large in the Hawks 127-110 win. So we'll see how it plays out come Saturday. We appreciate you guys stopping by the Hawks postcast. You're home for the best Hawks talk. And remember, of course, to like 
and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we will see you on the Locked On Postcast on Saturday after the Georgia-Alabama SEC Championship game. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.